what are we, what, three weeks into September? By now you should be well into a routine. Kids are back at school. You might be back in an actual office. Your relaxed summer eating habits have been replaced with more structured meals, or have they? Fall is definitely a good time to do a bit of a reset on a number of things from lifestyle to nutrition for the whole family. Heidi Bates is the director of the University of Alberta's Integrated Dietetic Internship. She joins us this evening. Professor Bates, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. Fall really is kind of like the January. It's a chance to sort of say, what have I done for the last couple of months? I got to change things up. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think families start planning all kinds of things in the fall. We get more structure back in our lives. And, um, you know, in this fall with the changing costs of food, I think people are really starting to take a hard look at, okay, how do we organize ourselves a little bit better so that we keep our food costs in check? And keeping our food costs in check, but still thinking of the nutritional value, because I think that can be the downside of cheaper food. Sometimes that also means less nutritional food. You know, it depends on how you cook things mm -hmm. and your creativity. I, I always think back, I mean, most of us have grandparents that we know that you know, they could make a meal for a whole family out of things that were really local foods, um, often from their own farm or garden. Um, and they would, you know, make something like a, a roast or whatever, and then with lots of vegetables, and then you would make soup out of that and, um, and sandwiches. And so it really depends on, you know, how prepared you are to kind of be a bit creative with things to plan a little bit so you can kind of see where you could reuse things or freeze them to pull them out later and use them um, and get back in the kitchen and cooking more than letting other people do it for you. Well, we're going to dive into that one for sure, but let's just back up and remind people uh, the balance between uh, food, our health, what it's doing for our brain, the choices we make in that food. Uh, start with those basics. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, um, it's interesting that, you know, we, we often hear breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And you know what, on some levels, it really is. Uh, if we start the day off under fueled, the human brain actually demands significant amounts of nutrients uh, to keep itself going makes total sense. It's kind of the control center. And if we don't fuel that, um, you know, it's not unusual that we would have problems with focus, feeling a little bit fuzzy. If you talk to teachers who are teaching kids in, you know, elementary school, they can often pick out the kids that have missed breakfast or who aren't getting enough for lunch because they seem a bit scattered. And I think we can all, you know, take something from that and go, okay, I need to dedicate some time to, to fueling the machine here. And um, obviously trying to fuel our bodies with, you know, really nutritious foods. They don't have to necessarily be extravagant or expensive, but, you know, lots of vegetables and fruits, whole grain things when we can. Um, let's get some milk or fortified soy beverage in there to give us some calcium and then round that out with some good sources of protein. I want to stay on breakfast because off the top, I said it's a good chance to kind of take a, a reset on things for the whole family. And I, I wonder if some adults 
however it's happened through their lifetime, they have been skipping breakfast and what it's teaching their kids as far as what breakfast should really be. Talk about uh, the role adults play, especially when it comes to kids and the importance they have of getting the right nutritional start to the day. Oh, I mean, parents and guardians are the biggest influencers of how people across their lifetime will look at food and the role of food. Kids learn, literally learn what they live. And um, I also think kids are pretty smart. If we tell kids, if we just tell children, you know, oh, you need to eat healthy foods, you need to eat breakfast, but none of the adults are practicing it. Kids are pretty sharp. And after a while, we'll take a look around and go, if this is so good for me, how come I'm the only one doing it? Um, and so, you know, the opportunity to teach kids for their lifetime by just simply modeling good basic behaviors, like having breakfast, and it doesn't have to be the perfect, you know, we're all perfectly dressed sat at the table type of thing. Um, I don't know too many households where that actually happens, but um, even just giving it some attention, even if you have to, you know, on that ride to school, we're taking things to grab and go, but just explaining to the kids that, you know, it's so important that we get the body, you know, some fuel. And so this is how we're going to do it in our family. Not perfect, but, you know, we're getting it done. Okay. I'm grabbing something to go. I'm guessing it shouldn't be a pop tart. Yes, you're right. It should not be. <laughs> I think there's better choices. So, um, you know, on the grab and go front of things, um, you know, small container of yogurt with a granola bar and a banana. Um, I know some families where they'll make instant oatmeal um, and in a thermos and the kids are eating it in the car on the way to school, which again, I mean, is not the Norman Rockwell version of breakfast, but it'll do it. And you just pair it up again with a piece of fruit um, or stir some peanut butter into that oatmeal to get the protein content up. And there are lots of creative ways to eat on the go that don't, you know, mean that we're having foods that are really low in nutrients and actually pretty expensive for what you're getting. My guest this evening is Heidi Bates, director at the University of Alberta's Integrated Dietetic Internship. And we are talking about nutrition. And of course, it is, as I said, we're three weeks into September, and hopefully families are getting things under control. And then they are looking at what they're serving, whether it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Uh, I want to go back to the protein and you mentioned peanut butter. That's great. Um, a lot of people have these protein powders, but in an article that you were uh, quoted in, in Troy media, you talk about, you could go a cheaper way, especially if we are looking at costs. Yeah, I mean, I think there's other options. You can certainly buy plain garden variety skim milk powder at your grocery store. It's um, it's a good source of calcium. It's a good source of protein. Um, you can stir dry skim milk powder into oatmeal. You can stir it into mashed potatoes. You can stir it into milk, or um, and and make your own you know high calcium high protein milk yourself if you want to. Um, and it's really a versatile product, uh, and one that, you know, it's, it's readily available in the grocery store. 
I do have flashbacks to my childhood because my mother used to mix skim milk and every now and then you'd get a big blob of it in your drink. <laughs> so I might have a harder time getting over that one, but that's a great suggestion. You got to make sure you stir. <laughs> oh, very much so. Very much so. My mother forgot that for sure a couple of times. My guest this evening is Heidi Bates, director of the University of Alberta's Integrated Dietetic Internship. And I sometimes think we talk so much about healthy eating that maybe Heidi kids get tuned out. And it almost goes back to our conversation before the commercial break, as far as role modeling and making sure that we're just eating. It's not as if we're making a big deal out of good and bad. Uh, your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I don't think we need to, I think we need to act more than we talk um, with kids. So especially just just incorporating healthy foods into your daily life, talking about how you enjoy, you know, what you're eating, um, exposing kids to a wide variety of things so that they, you know, see that part of what you do is if you don't know what something is, just give it a try. Um, the adults around me are trying things. That kind of behavior um, it just passively but consistently helps children to understand how to enjoy food without it being this hard sort of tutorial at the table about nutrition. Um, instead, just modeling things and, and really enjoying the time that you're eating with your family. Um, and kids can learn a tremendous amount from just watching adults in action. I mentioned you are also a sport a nutrition consultant. So I would guess that when you're dealing with top athletes, they are thinking of nutrition for their muscles, their strength. Uh, is that important then also uh, for that athlete's brain that we touched on at the beginning? Oh, for sure. I mean, the human body is pretty amazing. Uh, it will, if we don't nourish ourselves adequately, both in terms of making sure you get enough calories, but all of the nutrients, it has subtle ways to just not let you do things so you don't hurt yourself. And so um, if you don't have enough nutrients coming in to fuel the brain and fuel the basic bodily functions, um, athletes will know, I mean, they, they can sometimes see it, their sport performance will just come to a halt. And so one of the things that we always focus on, uh, you know, as dietitians working with high performance athletes is making sure, first of all, that you're actually eating enough, because of course, high performance athletes uh, burn a lot of calories and food energy, so they will need more food. Um, and then um, making sure that you're getting enough of all of the nutrients that you need for good health. So not avoiding foods that maybe are critical sources of nutrients, but lack of nutrients equals poor sport performance pretty quick. How often should we be eating? You know, normally I recommend to people that you want to be eating about every three hours during the waking part of your day um, and sort of like fuel injection, you know, so just little hits uh, again, every two to three hours during the waking part of your day. So rather than having, you know, colossal meals, just once a day, one big meal, you know, let's fuel the body because the body needs fuel 24 seven, really. Um, less when we're sleeping, so you don't have to wake up to eat, but certainly during the waking part of your day, you want to make sure that you're, you know, consistently providing a supply of calories and nutrients and food so that you can perform at your best and also give yourself a chance to get all the nutrients that you need. 
if, if everything's got to come in one meal, there's a really good chance that you're going to get full before you get everything that you need. And so it's better to just spread things out and, you know, breakfast, say at seven, snack, mid morning, lunch, snack, mid afternoon, um, dinner. And then if you need, um, you know, a bedtime snack to tide you over and lots of kids and lots of athletes will need that bedtime snack inactive adults, maybe less so. Uh, and that kind of pattern just helps keep your blood sugar levels stable. You'll feel a little bit more balanced and it just gives you the opportunity to be good at it, you know, and get everything in there. Heidi Bates is my guest this evening. She is with the University of Alberta's Integrated Dietetic Internship. And Heidi, when we talk about uh, eating every three hours, that goes back to what we should be eating, though. It's, it's the proteins, smart carbs. Uh, you know, give me an idea then making sure that people aren't just saying, oh, good, I get to eat every three hours, but making poor choices. Right. So, I mean, normally what I would say is at a meal, you want to have foods, you know, that reflect all of the food groups. Um, so, you know, at breakfast, if you were going to have a smoothie, you've got some yogurt in there. If you add, um, you know, uh, some eggs on the side and have a smoothie with fruit in it. And then, you know, boiled egg on the side, you've got all of the food groups kind of happening there, a little bit of oatmeal in that smoothie, you're good to go. Mid morning, something small. I mean, they snacks, we've created a whole industry of snacking and, you know, sort of position snacks that they need to be really substantial for most people. It's just a little, again, a little hit to tide you over. So maybe, you know, some raw vegetables with some hummus or crackers and, um, a low fat cheese stick. Um, it's simple, very simple things that are just a little hit. And if you take it in that direction where you're, you know, trying to include vegetables and fruits across the day, trying to include, include whole grains, um, those good sources of protein that come from milk products or meat and alternatives, it just starts to make it be simple and straightforward. Um, when we start to, you know, with snacking in particular, we do have an entire industry dedicated to specialty snack products. And a lot of them are expensive products. They're not necessarily as nutritious as just grabbing something like the carrots and the hummus that you might just have in your fridge. Um, and they often don't taste as good either. So there's lots of opportunities for you to just come up with small little snackables that are basic healthy foods to, you know, tide you over. Heidi, thanks for your time tonight. Oh, thank you so much. It was great to be here.